Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. Now I'm taking that short little hex wrench and putting stuff together. Yep. And I'm you're sitting on the screws. floor. Yeah. Yep. And we don't use cheap screws because you know why? That is my pet peeve. <laughs> that they break the head off and I didn't even put any tension on it yep. or the strip before you put any tension on it. Like when it comes to putting our stuff together, that hardware is one of those things that I test. Like how bad is this going to strip? Is where's this made? Like yep. it needs to be solid and I don't want to have a stripped out head if they have to take it back out again. Because the nice thing with the Murphy door, even better, when you move, you can take it with you. All Dude. of our doors are delivered to where they're universal. In-swing, out-swing, left or right hinge. So if you go take it to a different house, put it in another door, but it needs to be an in-swing and it was an out-swing, no problem. Change the hinge position. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. I have got a friend on the show today who you might have seen out there. I've heard, you've heard me talk about him. Murphy Door and Bed, Hidden Door Solutions. Welcome, Jeremy Barker, to Around the House for the first time. I'm excited. Thank you very much for having me today, Eric. Thanks, brother. And, you know, my buddy Skip Bedell introduced me to you. I'd seen your stuff around because, you know, it's everywhere, it seems. But finally got to know you down at the International Building Show where you won a pretty cool award down there this last year. Yes, uh, Interior Product of the Year, which I, I that's awesome. And there's a lot of great competitors out there, and we got fortunate enough to walk away with that. No kidding. So, and, and you showed it well, I mean, you showed it well, your booth was packed. <laughs> that was a scary investment, Eric. I could tell you like, <laughs> man, do we want to roll this out? Cause the past, you know, the trade international builders show and the national association of builders, it's been great to work with, but as you know, we started Murphy door our, you know, I was a full-time firefighter yeah. and and every dollar that when we started was so important. I mean, I'm taking home 760 bucks every two weeks with a mortgage that's $2,300. So there isn't much, you know, th that math doesn't add up. And I'm well aware it took a lot of carpet <laughs> jobs, concrete jobs to fill the gap. But uh, it, every dollar mattered. So when you get these type of investment requests to do a big, huge trade show booth, and like, man, that is a heavy roll. And let's see how it shows. And when we first started, we had one door in the trade show. And it was mm -hmm. my wife opening and closing the door, you know, and yep. uh, thank goodness she was cute. So we did get some attention because it definitely was <laughs> the door or the booth. Right. And uh, after that, it was, you know, that was an investment that was really scary. And I think we only paid like five grand for the booth or whatever at the time. And, sure. and that was nerve wracking. You figure it out by the month. And then yeah. this one, you know, we'd get a few people and I had a little lady that just said, hey, you know, perception is reality in the trade show world. You ought to put together a booth that shows what you're truly trying to do rather than this, because it doesn't give the story of your capabilities or your true product. 
Mm-hmm. And I took it to heart. We changed, we kind of upgraded and I kind of built a collage of our booth changes this last year. And it was interesting to see the the growth and the changes because this one really did it. And I can say if you can afford it, it did work as you saw. So yeah. And in five thousand dollars didn't pay for the cleaning of the booth this time, probably. No, no, absolutely <laughs> did not pay for even the cleaning or one crate unload, I think. It, it, exactly. It's not it is anymore. I think the so, forklift driver charged you that just to get the first crate over there. So that's exactly right. At a dollar a pound. I mean, it goes yep. quick. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, let's talk. I want to talk a little bit later here about kind of how you got into this, but I wanted to kind of set the stage a little bit and talk about Murphy door for a little bit. And of course, how you got into Murphy bed as well, because that's its own story. But Murphy door, if you're just joining us and you haven't seen what we're talking about here, it's basically a door that looks like that. It's that hidden bookcase that's a doorway, right? Exactly. Probably the easiest way to discuss it. Yep. And and I think that was the idea initially, Eric, and not to bore you where we start, um, was we wanted to create a hinge system that made sense. A lot of the hidden door stuff or the bookcase door systems that I'd been looking for to build my own theater door ran off of a regular three hinge system or a piano hinge. But I, yeah. the theater door I was trying to create was heavy. And every time I'd try to mount it, it would peel the side away. And if you think about it, you can have a piano hinge that has 70 screws in it, but you're only good as the six little screws that tie the side into the bookcase shelf, right yeah. at the top of the bottom. And it just kept breaking. I, I'm like, we got to figure out a different type of hardware system that really can create a functional bookcase that doesn't bear the weight all on the side. So we did that. And again, the idea initially where we started a fire was just to be a hinge system and sell that because it was an easy side job to fire. Well, more and more people say, I want the bookcase. I don't want to build my own. And so we had to kind of go out with that. And I'm going to take you back to another, that first trade show story, a lady from uh, one of the big interior design magazines came up. She says, Hey, quit trying to sell. I mean, what you're trying to sell is a door. I get it, but only 1% of the people need security. We need function. And she took the sexy out of panic room and put like functionality into it, <laughs> which really kind of deflated me really bad. Yeah. I'm like, Man, I don't want to be a storage solution problem. I want to be <laughs> a neat, cool factor to talk about in your house. And and she helped convince me that we can do both. We can be the cool factor and not nice. only do that, but also offer every single doorway in the home an opportunity to be functional. So if you think about a standard three foot door in your house, you've got a slab that's taking up estimated nine square feet, seven to nine square feet of your footprint, just so it can swing open and closed. And then you have this dead space in a wall all over your home that's not being used for any type of capacity. So you're losing floor square footage and you're losing wall decor to a slab that everybody has. So you can have a multi-million dollar house, but you're still running the same type of quasi generic six panel, four panel, two panel door. Right. And, and you, the same as the guy that has a 2000 square foot home and you have it in your 20,000. So what we decided to do is, is refocus our efforts into saying, look, there's a solution for every room in every home to bring in storage and functionality, as well as a sexy talking point to it. So the point of the Murphy door, if, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is, is this, it starts as a standard like bookcase. But what we've done is added options that you can make it be a bookcase, a shoe rack, a laundry hamper in a shoe rack. You can reverse it, put the mirror facing your bedroom or your bathroom, mm-hmm. and then have the storage systems behind it. We can do gun system doors. We can do pool cue doors, wine rack doors. I mean, you let your imagination go. Whatever you can do in a cabinet, 
we can create a door that functions like your cabinet. Instead of having a fixed stationary piece that takes a footprint out of your floor, we can stick it in your dead wall space and create beauty, functionality, and have a talking point. People leave your house going, dude, did you see Eric's freaking door? It's crazy. <laughs> open it with your fingerprint, open it with a book. It, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. So as a designer, I have used a whole bunch of different people's custom systems that they tried to do. That was kind of how you first started out doing it. And, and I can easily say, and I'm not saying this because you're sitting here with me right now, but yours is the smoothest, easiest to run when it's loaded up. Uh, absolutely. And that's the, one of the things that we learned initially. We didn't put ball bearings in our hardware. We didn't make it smooth. We used washers and spacers and bolts to try to get this thing to pivot on. And at the time, the more we used it, the more sag we got, right? And then it got harder and harder to open. So we had to quickly come up with a solution that offered a ball bearing system on the bottom that where the weight sat, as well as one where the pivot pin that we insert is pivoting around. So now we're not wearing threads. We're not rubbing washers together and making them rough. And we don't want a caster, right? I mean, part of the idea of the sex appeal to this door is the the fact that you can't see that black rubber wheel running across your carpet, this door can hold 300 pounds on top of the weight of the door. You can load it fully loaded with books, keep its rigidity, keep it square in the wall, as long as your wall is square. Now, keep in mind, a lot of people don't know how to frame, and there's also bowed two by four. So we have that conversation quite frequently. Sure. But nonetheless, we can keep that sexy and make it so you're not having that take over the room. It blends into your story and theme, and only the people that you want to know that that functions, you can tell them. If not, it is just a built-in system. It's a cabinet. It's it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it can look like just a typical built-in in the house that nobody has any idea that's what's in there. You know, it could be that mirror in the bedroom that people go, oh, that's a really cool built-in mirror. Right. And then you open it up and it's actually got your dirty laundry and your shoes inside. And there's right? a room inside behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about a 36-inch door by a standard height creates yep. 20 cubic feet of storage. Dude, and that's free that storage life. you didn't have free. to pay for. Not a, not a nickel. And if you think about what you're spending per square foot on current homes these days, what you're wasting for door swing that's not bringing you any kind of benefit other than keeping you from seeing me change or letting you see my dirty laundry, right? We yeah. can do that and still make it look really, really good and, and bring both. And the, with the investment you're putting in, I think it's well worth looking at. And I'm not saying that just because I'm trying to sell it. Let me be forthright. I didn't have a Murphy door in my home, number one, because I probably couldn't afford it until like the third year we were in business, right? And I thought they were cool to build and they were fun, but my wife had no desire to put one in, right? She's like, I don't see where we'd use it. We don't need a hidden room. We can barely make our freaking electrical bill. Well, let me be honest. Sometimes I didn't. And then I'd have to put the garage door opener. It wouldn't open. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Pink tag on the front door. Ah, I hate that pink tag. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we put one in and then now, I mean, everywhere, every room, my mom or my mom, my mom too, by the way, she has some, but my wife would come in. She's like, you know what? We need that hamper door. We need the pantry door here. And Presley needs a trophy. She's a a big time competitive dancer. She goes, I'd like a a display case closet door system that we can put the trophies up front and then open the door. And then on the backsides are dirty laundry. Like, so it's been a fun deal. And to see how even my own family members incorporated it and you know how it is, they don't talk about it you as much as you would. And they don't want to use your stuff because it's not cool anymore. You do it every day. But now (laughs) to see them use it and want it is kind of fun. You know, it's totally this. It's, it's awesome. And I've run into that with my wife where I've, Hey, we're going to do this in the house. And she just kind of rolls her eyes at me and goes, 
yeah, I don't think we'll ever need that. I don't think we'll ever use it. And six months later, she doesn't know how we didn't have right. that. And she wants another one for the other room, right? That's exactly. exactly how it goes. And you know, I think that's what kind of brings value to the product when people use it. And not only are they not frustrated, but they're wanting to add more doors. And especially now where we're, we have so many doors out there, we're approaching about 150,000 units out and around. Um, our competitor base, or not our competitor base, but our consumer base is becoming more and more repeat customers, which I didn't think would be an existing category. I didn't think that would be something we'd go after. But sure. we're seeing more and more people that have had one door by the second. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, the functionality. Two, the ease of installation, right? This door comes pre-hung in a jam. It takes six screws to put it in, and that is it. You put some trim around it, six screws, just like a normal pre-hung door. And I think that's what scares people, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know who, how in the heck they're going to install a Murphy door. They've been so complex in the past to build a hidden door in your room, and you're hiring cabinet companies that are charging five, ten thousand bucks for a system that we can get Easy. out the door for you know fifteen hundred, twelve hundred bucks, depending on what you're doing, and up, of course, depending on how elaborate you want to go, but. It's just six screws. You don't have to be a professional. We have instructions that are 3D and digital on your app, on the app, on the phone. Like you, you can do whatever. It's simple. It's awesome. And, and you guys also do not just single doors. You've got French doors. You've got bifold surface mounts. You've got a yep. whole bunch of different stuff. Yep. We can you do know? double doors. Like you're saying, we can do a bifolding surface mount. If you don't want it in front, let's say you're trying to hide a gun safe in your house or yeah. some type of secure wall, even as dumb as let's call it an electrical panel. That's just mm -hmm. always in the wrong room, in the wrong space. You're trying to decorate it. You're going to put some picture frame in front of it, which is against codes. Most of the time, this yep. door we can put in front. You can bifold it out of the way. It looks like a bookcase. It can be as pretty as an armoire. And that thing just bifold and smoothly rolls out of the way. The panel's right there. You can access it and close your door just fine. Like Amen. furnace rooms, water softeners, whatever that's yeah. in the wrong spot, you can hide hide simply with that. Well, even the double door solution is amazing because, you know, how many homes in the 90s and 2000s were built with the master bedroom doors being that like four foot or five foot double swing door that goes in there? Into the think room. of the storage just going into the room that you could have right yeah. there. A hundred percent. And you know what? That was probably, we've grown about 300% over the last 24 months. And that's been a hard growth piece, right? Dude, so we've done a, a pretty, it's awesome. But COVID really yeah. brought us back to home and people were trying to convert their bedrooms into office spaces. So during these Zoom meetings, it didn't look like they were sitting in their daughter's room, which a lot of them weren't. <laughs> but if you, me included, right? So let's, let's All say- right. As bad as I didn't listen to most of those regulations, but I, you know, well, the first couple of weeks we sat there and uh, we noticed more and more people taking out closets to put the bookcase systems behind them during a Zoom meeting. It made it look like their bedroom was their office space. And that was just an explosive French door systems by far outsold every other category we had during those months. And two years before that, you would never have guessed that was going to be the case. Well, how would you, right? I was, it was usually yeah. singular doors in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in a bedroom. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, these French door systems just exploded. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? And we started getting customer, we started doing the customer surveys heavy because one, we wanted to find out what was causing such growth factors. Two, yeah. why are they buying what they're buying? And so we started doing email follow-ups, phone call follow-ups in there. COVID, staying home, trying to make their office or their bedroom look like an office more. So that's awesome. Kind yeah. of fun. 
kind of fun. That's super fun. So let's take a sidestep before we go talking about more of the accessories and stuff and, and even the bads, but how did you decide to go from firefighter to a huge production company? How did you go? Okay. I mean, we talked about kind of how you does, how you kind of fell into this, but there's also a story there too, my friend. Yeah, there is. I, I can say that number one thing that all firefighters do, and it's unfortunate, but they can't really live on the singular wage. And I'm not speaking for big cities like LA and the cities that really have a budget that can afford a a livable wage. But most of us out there are living on that safe, just under 50 or mid fifties. And and in today's world, it's not much. So you're trying to raise a family and pay a car payment and a house payment. It's just not, not feasible. So we all have a second job or a third job. And usually you have a second fire job that you're using a part-time at another department. So you're living mm-hmm. not only the 48 hours during that six-day period, but you're also working another 24-hour shift at another place. And then you're doing – most of all the people around here do carpet or tile. Like that's a pretty yep. popular second job in this for fire guys. Well, we didn't want to do carpet or tile, and I didn't want to do any more cement work, and I'm not great at it. And it, it just – did you know, it was hard on your back, and it wasn't what I wanted to do on my time off. So yeah, No passion. Up- it's not fun. Right. And then because of the level of non-cash that I had, I was doing my own basement, right? Like, well, this would be fun. And I I told my wife, I think this would be something that could sell if we could make it simple. Like there was no real solution anywhere that gave me the opportunity to go on and just order a system, find a hardware set that made sense. Like this will be something that I believe people are going to need. And I thought they'd need it faster than that. I mean, we've been at this for quite a while now, and I thought it was going to have a quicker adoption period. And it never is, right? It's always twice no. as long and costs twice as much to get people to understand what you're trying to say. But in the meantime, we we designed this little hardware system that I had a local CNC shop come up with and, and build. And I thought, you know what? This will be super easy. Asked him if he'd be willing to package it and ship it out for me so I could still do my fire career. And then yeah. we, could, we could just have this guy fulfill. And I could do a little internet online business. We did it the first year we did $30,000, nearly doubled my annual revenue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. that wasn't a bad little side gig. Yeah. But more and more people came in and I thought, you know what? I think we can come up with a system that where they were asking for a door to be made. And I have never built a cabinet, Eric. This is never something I've done. I'm not as good at that kind of stuff as you are. And I could truly say now I have, but then that's, sure. but it took a long time to get there. And yeah. uh in the meantime, we said, hey, let's figure out a system. I met with another guy, Merrill Cabinets in Rigby, Idaho, and he helped me design a, a system that would make sense that was really standard. Like we only did 80-inch doors and we only did 24-inch, 30, 32, and 36 offered in four wood types. Keep it simple, stupid. And uh, our prices at the time, we started at around 3000 bucks, okay. right? Which, you know, trying to pay him to do it. And he, by the way, also fulfilled the orders. Nice. So, we, this was just a passive type income for us. Well, that was during the real last downturn in the economy yeah. is when we started. Cause it's always smart to start something. Dude, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm the same person to that though. Every single downturn, I look at it and go, all right, the doors are opening up. Let's roll. And it's, it's people call me crazy for it too, but that's when I could create my craziest stuff. Well, I wish is I when things smart. go down. Eric wasn't that forethought. It was just, I want to do this business and didn't think about the economy going. And uh, 
in the meantime, it, it kind of took off. Like when I say took off, it went from, you know, 30,000 a year. So 2,500 a month. Next thing you know, we'd sell a couple doors a week. And now you're talking about a business that's doing 24,000 a year at that yeah. price tag. Um, well, Merrill cabinets got really busy. So we had to find yeah. a, another guy to help us when the economy started to lift up again and kind of free up. They're like, man, we can't get it. Customers were waiting way too long and we had no control of fabrication. So we found a closer one here in, in Kaysville, Utah at Trimart, and they helped us really get some more production out. Well, then they got busy again and we got busier again and we were running up to, I don't know, I think when we left them, we were doing about 50 units a week. And wow. they just said, man, I don't, I don't have the time to do this. So we, uh, we bought our own mill in 2016 mm-hmm. is when we first started doing all of our own production. Nice. So all of Murphy door, by the way, and our beds are made 100% in the USA. So we have Woo-hoo. our hardware being made in the United States in Utah here. We also have our doors being fabricated here in Utah and in Kentucky for the East Coast. So we didn't struggle during this COVID piece. I mean, yes, there was some material supply issues that came in. But overall, because we were so concentrated on being made in America, being proud American and not looking for outside supply chains, which would absolutely significantly have decreased our cost. But let's be honest, when you're poor and scrappy, you can't afford a container of, of stuff. Right. Amen, so brother. Amen. We had to find different <laughs> solutions that made it so I could buy one-offs, right? Yeah. And then and then that kind of went on. But uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's evolved in just a simple bookcase system and all the way into what you're seeing today and where we've added the beds. And to be transparent on the bed piece, the new bed release that we had, uh, Murphy Bed is, is a generic, it's now considered public. It's the Kleenex, bed. right? It is, right? <laughs> So we trademarked back in 2012 Murphy mm-hmm. Door, and we were able to get that through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office as yep. Murphy Door. Um, Murphy Bed back in the day when it started in 1879 was Murphy Door and Bed Company. Yep. Right. So we said, hey, look, we're, we don't do beds and we're not doing beds right now. Well, we had to sit in that non-contested period for quite a while before we could even entertain it. So we get through the non-contested and we got through that. We were issued and registered our trademark. And then after that, we could start rolling. uh, You got your foot in the door a little bit and you're like, all right, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. And then now um, we've been able to add the bed piece, which also has a nice blend if you so choose to add the door pieces Mm -hmm. and all keeping it right here. And I, I don't know if you had the opportunity to jump on our website, but it's super easy to configure. You're choosing your product by the inch. Just give us a rough measurements. We do all the math. It comes in, choose your wood, choose your color, choose your add-ons, choose all that stuff. So um, it's, it's It's like ordering a sandwich, man. I mean, you can literally go through and order the door. It's easy. You can jump on like Jimmy John's and go, I'll take that. I don't want that. I need that. I need that. It's that simple. It's that simple. And I think it's even, I would just order DoorDash today because you know how our lives are. (laughs) Um, And I think it's even better than DoorDash. And our new website releases September 15th, which is even better. It'll take more into VR and AR and all this other stuff that's coming out. Right. So you'll be able to in the long run, not this initial release, but our goal is you'll have your VR glasses. You'll be able to choose your door and change colors and put it in your room and see how it functions. But that's where this this piece is going to go. In the meantime, we offer color pictures that you can see what it is you're actually ordering. And in DoorDash, when I was I just ordered El El Polo Loco. Right. And it doesn't get pictures of what rice I'm getting or that. And I'm like, (laughs) I want this to be so transparent to the guy that isn't a carpenter, to the guy that, Mm -hmm. you know, right now our customer base is is pretty 
people that don't typically do it themselves all the time, right? Yeah. So they need to understand, I don't care what wood type it is. I like that wood look. I don't care what color that is. I want that color. I don't care what hinge. I need it to swing that way. So we try to use a picture selection process and have it walk through the process that matters. And the coolest part about that, Eric, is when they're doing it, it's actually programming our systems. So nice. we've integrated our software using a couple different local software groups to where you putting in your order are actually programming our systems. Now we do go through a final checkoff to make sure that yep. you're not doing a crash, but we have soft stops that don't allow you to go too far. Mm-hmm. And the interesting piece is when people call up and say, Hey, this order is measured wrong. Um, we're like, well, mm, they're not measured wrong or built different. I'm like, well, oh, this, yeah, we didn't put it in. This is you brother. You programmed our dude. Computer. Dude. I have designed these systems out. So I've got 30 years as an interior designer and specializing in kitchen of bass. So I have run large cabinet shops. I have worked in yes, that integration right. of getting into that. I know that, okay, I got CNC drilling sequences that I have to put in of where the pins go and where yep. the dado goes. And it is complex to get you through that. And I'm sure that was tough going from the buying cabinets out to, we have a building and I got to put machinery in here. And how do I get the machinery to even do this? So, you know what, I'll tell you what I did early that helped me a ton. Cause like I said earlier, not a cabinet guy, mm-hmm. I'm not a manufacturing guy. And right now we're turning a door every six minutes Whew. and that's a fully customized door yep. built to your specs, your color. There's over a hundred million SKUs that we run through this office. Right. And that's a hundred million, not a hundred thousand. Yes, mm-hmm. I understand. But you take wood types, colors, swings, handles, locks, all the different things that can get. And you add the beds and the plywood versus MDF. And that's yep. a whole different conversation. We have both. It really takes it in, in every, as you know, a CNC needs to know thicknesses. It needs to know all this. And so it does take an immense amount of data. What I didn't know is what I didn't know. And I was, I went into this knowing I had no money to, I had no extra dollars to lose. Sure. I leaned heavily on extremely smart people. And what was nice about it, and I'm, I'm sure it's like this in most states, but Utah loves to brag about Utah, building Utah, doing that. And mm-hmm. successful executives and owners are willing to help, right? So I was fortunate awesome. enough to reach out and say, hey, Don, you've been a COO of everybody, <laughs> like in this Utah area. You yep. you are a king of manufacturing. Hey, Jeremy, you, another guy, you know, you're yep. incredible at marketing. And then, hey, Justin, this, this, you've blown up retailers. How do you do it? And I took it. And rather than going with, I know everything and it's my money at risk and I'm going to make the final decision. I took a backwards approach and said, I know nothing. And your guys' advice is going to help me keep me from crashing. And you're going to help build it and take the advice of you guys so I can implement it. And now we have such an incredible board. I mean, we have, Bill Hamlin, one of the executive VPs of Home Depot from the beginning under Arthur and, mm-hmm. and Marcus, right? Um, they, we have him, and then we have Don Blom, like I said, and then Nicole Beer, who was the CMO of Hewlett Packard North America, help us with yep. the digital side, and John Porter, who has a huge customer service group. And I, I looked at the things I don't understand. Manufacturing, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know digital internet marketing. I sure. don't know how to manage employees at that level. I don't know how to do a lot of different things. Retail, like when you take on a bear like Home Depot, and we have Home Depot now, and we just finished up signing with Lowe's, and you're yep. in these national chains. Um, they're a whole different animal, and they can oh, take you aren't they? Broke. Yeah, they, they run you broke fast. So you need to know. Yeah. And I think early on in my career, I was way too arrogant 
to be able to sit back and say, look, you can teach me something. Right. And now it's like, I look at him, we had a board meeting today and I'm like, man, help me. And that's why it went a little long. We we've got some dry paint drying issues in Kentucky where the humidity was so high this year. Yeah. What are we going to do to solve the problem? How do we fix the flow? Where's your puddles? And it was incredible to listen to the different voices and go immediately put those into play and say, Hey, let's try this, this, and this may not always be a hundred percent. Right. But even if it's 80% right, it's much better. So yeah, I, I, if I gave anybody advice that was not that we're trying to get off Murphy door, no. lean on mentors and ask favors like Eric, he's been at it 30 years. That's why he does what he does or why you do what you do. I should say mm-hmm. is you're there for to give people advice and keep from making these big, huge mistakes and don't lose your money in an investment that doesn't work. Like this is what we're trying to do here today inside our own business. And I think there's mentors like your, yourself that are out there trying to help people understand you don't have to make these mistakes that, that we did. There's people there to help you. Amen, brother. And I spent probably eight to 10 years of my career going around in the Seattle area, working with companies that were struggling, that were kitchen and bath companies like cabinet manufacturers and trying to get them creating systems for them. And that was the one big thing that had always put those companies in that bad position where I was going in to help them was that they had an ownership group or an owner that didn't know, but thought they knew and didn't want to change. Yep. That's the biggest problem. We don't know what we don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as bad as that saying in the EMT paramedic world, this is always a debate, right? Cause EMTs, yep. they're paramedics, vice versa, they think, and, and they do have a skill set, but there's an education period that's different. And so we teach the EMTs, we'd be like, look, you guys just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you can do the same skill set, but a lot of the times they don't understand the algorithms and why we're making the decisions that we make as a paramedic. It's a two-year difference in school, right? I mean, there's yeah. some time, at least in Utah, that's what it takes to get through our Weber State program. And same goes for your education. It takes more than two years to learn everything that you've learned. But oh, yeah. we as investors or owners come in like, dude, you don't even know. Do you realize where I'm at today? You you can't teach me anything. Right. And and I think that can be a, a huge problem in all businesses. And I hope mm-hmm. someone, especially if you see me acting like that, come ring my neck and say, dude, you're going to sink if you don't realize <laughs> that you're still teachable. There's still something you can learn. I'll call you on it, brother. I'll call yeah, you on it. That's what should. friends are for, you know, yeah, exactly <laughs> and right. vice versa. Exactly right. You know, vice versa. I, I wish the best on all these people that take those risks and jump into this bed. Cause as you know, when you don't have anything to lose, it's a super scary deal. And the only advice I'd say is, man, reach to your mentor, please realize what you don't know and, and look at that more carefully than what you think, you know. No kidding. And by the way, talk about weird digital marketing stuff. My phone's lighting up right here. And it's Jimmy John's ad showing up on my phone and heard me talking about it. You're creeping me out, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Called Qualtrics. We do that. We search computers and keystrokes 30 times a day. You say that Murphy Door deal and we'll start popping you some ads up. But, you know, that's one of the few countries that's still legal in. So we've got to do it. (laughs) Got to do it. (laughs) You had it been hard to go from that day that you're like, I'm going to stop being a firefighter. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. So a fire chief that I had extremely, we kind of, I was the IAFF union president for our our department. Mm -hmm. And so as you know, a lot of the time, depending on departments, 
the union president doesn't always get along with the chief because you kind of have different goals, right? Typically, they're budget related and and yep. so you're, they're kind of frictional and you're always involved in the type of friction conversation. And some chiefs, and I, I, again, it doesn't go for everyone, but some chiefs take it in stride and they'd like, hey, this is great. Let's win. And others are kind of pushed back. Well, I'm sure it didn't all stem from that, by the way. I'd like to think it was all because of that. I'm sure I would so fairness to Jason. <laughs> but um, he came up. He's like, hey, Barker, um, right now, we, we sat out on the apron in the fire department, and he put a giant rock. Well, I say giant rock. Let's call it a softball-sized rock in the middle of the yep. driveway. Then he put another one half that size and another one half that size on the driveway. Okay. And he said, look, this is Jeremy's universe. He said it should stem, Jeremy's family being the biggest rock, Murphy door being the middle rock because you have 70, well, not at the time, but like 25 families around that one. And then you had the fire department. Yeah. And he said, but unfortunately, where the fire department is the only thing you can't change, you have to be here on this day, you have to do this, you're mandatory overtime, you're this, and it takes 48 out of 96. And at the time, we were doing a modified Kelly, which was 24 on, 24 off. Yeah. You do that for four shifts and take a few days off and then do it again for four shifts and take a double, you know, six days off. So, yeah. Um, he's like, you cannot shift that. And everything is revolving around that. And every day off you have is Murphy door. So your family gets left over. And unfortunately the biggest rock is running on the outside of your wheel instead of the center of your hub. Amen. Your, your RPMs can't go too fast till you throw that weight. And unfortunately the first weight that goes is your wife, your kids, your family. Well, we had that conversation and I don't know if he called my wife or not, but when I get home, I'd been out of town. I came in. And I noticed she was cleaning the floor. She had her earphones on. And I don't know if you met her in, in Florida or not. Yeah. Shannon. So she's a beautiful lady. And she had her earphones in. She was cleaning. And then my daughter was playing on her iPad. And my son was over here doing whatever he's doing. And the only person that came to greet me at the door was my dog. <laughs> right? So I'm like, well, I'm Here's home, your sign. <laughs> right? And so my wife takes her earbuds out. And she goes, what? And I go, I'm not even getting a high. She goes, well, if you want people to recognize you're here, you might want to try to be here. Other than that, you're just a guy that's staying over. I'm oh, like, okay. Right. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I quit the next morning. Um, yep. I kind of set a parameter around what I wanted. And I, I told my chief, I said, look, my goal is I'm going to go from full-time fire to part-time fire when I hit 5 million in gross revenue. And that was kind of, and it wasn't because that was the dollar, but that was the dollar I needed to have this, the manpower I needed. And as well as take at least what I'm making salary wise at the fire department and keep the same health insurance. And yeah, you got a family to take care of on top of that. So that's the debate always. And I didn't want to pick the pocket of a baby. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do early is like, man, I can't wait till I make a hundred grand. Well, the company does a hundred grand. They keep a lot of it or 200 grand and they keep a hundred. Well, if you're mixing a baby's bottle, that's like you still in half the milk. Yep. And you're wondering why your baby's the runt. Well, it's because yeah. you're not giving all the food that it needs. And and I wanted to let that money ride. And I never took any Murphy door money until I was able to leave the fire department. I never paid myself extra. Yeah. And it was really hard when you're seeing that type of cash flow a month. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, bull crap. Again, <laughs> I still did other jobs. I still worked part time at Layton yep. Fire and Weaver. Like there was, it, it was a hard decision. But at the same time, I knew that the company couldn't afford for me to dip yet. Like I needed yep. to put a lot into marketing. I had Smart, a lot of education man. and R&D to make my product better. So that was the number I said, okay, when we have 5 million, I can afford, afford to pay myself 52,000, which is what I started. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I can pay my health insurance and my dental vision. And I can put this much money in my 401k. Nice. And that was, that was it. And so when that happened, I went to the fire station the next day and said, 
Well, Jason, that freaking weight thing that you talked about yesterday is just came to reality last night. And I don't know if you call see the dead in the side of my head. That was the weight hit that, right? <laughs> so I quit, and then I put in my notice and my last day full time was June 16th of 2016. Nice. So, which, you know, that was an extremely hard decision. That is brothers, oh. that is family, that is what you know. And it's weird when you leave a fire job, you're, you know what, you don't exist. Yeah. You're, you thought you were family, but now you're not on shift and now you're dead. <laughs> now, now you're dead. Yeah. Now, now you're fading off into the sunset, you know, yeah. you're on the horse riding off and everybody's still working everybody's there and they're going to see all the excitement and that morbid curiosity that we all have. Like, dude, did you see that? I wanted to see that. Like, no. So you miss it all. And, and so I do miss it. And I think that's probably what's helped me take some of the chances in Murphy door Mm -hmm. is knowing I'm not afraid to go back to fire. So if worst case scenario, I have to go back to full-time fire then that's not such a bad case scenario, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some want there. Yeah, there's some want. So it's like, hey, I'll take that risk. And if I have to go back to the fire department, I've done it a long time. I can do that. Uh, well, the road you're on now, man, I think the fire department's way back in the history now, brother. I know. And I'm still on the part-time roster. And I was my chief actually texted me just while we were in here. And I haven't worked in over six months now. And we're supposed mm-hmm. to do 48 hours a month. And I'm a, there's only a couple <laughs> part-timers at this full-time department. And it's usually legacy firefighters. And I don't mean that in a legacy stance, but it's people that no. have been there a while that could yeah. get that little bit of a chance. So I'm like, man, I, I wish I could find time. But you fly, you know what I mean? It's just you, you're like that. You live on the airplane, yeah. living on the road, and you're trying to improve things and make products better and make exciting new ideas come to life and try to change people's lives and make it even easier for them to put it in, easier yep. for them to install. And not only that, make it even sexier. Like try to bring it all into an excellent program and product that looks better, functions better, and is quicker and easier for them to to use amen and speaking of that you guys brought the murphy beds out back out you know what i mean back out on and our i'll brain. say back out with a trademark back but uh, yep. that's back <laughs> and out and, uh, those are awesome it. yes and you know what we've done here there's a couple things that we noticed that the whole industry was missing in the bed world one we produce a ton of doors and I don't know of another bed company that produces the volume of units that we produce. Right. And I don't mean that in an arrogant stance, but we have, a, we've really nailed down packaging delivery mm-hmm. and experience with our products to our, that's customers. some of the hardest part of the whole equation is getting that product from that shop floor without forklift holes in it into somebody's residence. That's a huge problem. And then on top of that, you have to think about the out of the box experience and, Here's the difficulty. When you start delivering these big king beds or queen beds with side cabinets, these things are so big, you can't really get them down a hall. So the downfall, and I'm to be forthright, is there is some assembly required on site. Has to be. Has to be, right? So it's it's kind of a knockdown in some aspects where they have to be. And then the other stuff could be put together and you, or you just install it or in, you know put it in place. But what well, you we think we, about it, you think about it, Jeremy, how many people out in our audience right now have carried into an apartment, their house, that queen size bed up the stairs, that mattress, just Just the mattress. mattress. Yeah. Let alone this giant frame functional, you know, hardware set that comes through and is heavier than four of those. And then not only that, look how many times you've had to bend the queen bed around the corner to try to get it in the room. Everybody's raising their hand. Yeah. (laughs) Typically they're taller than the door. Like, 
you're, you're going to have some assembly. But what we've nailed is this, the hardware that we're using in assembly, the instructions on how we do it is all digital 3D, you know, and it's, nice. it's really, really easy to put together. Um, it's got to be better than the Ikea model. Like we have to make <laughs> there that, that lasts, that is forever. We stand behind our product. We have a no argument position. So I'm not the moral police. And this was an, uh, another maturation piece that we took at Murphy door. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're new and you're dealing with some of these small companies and it's not saying anything negative, but they have to be careful on warranties because they can't afford a lot of them. Right. Yeah. Whether they decline your warranty or repair. And we were guilty initially, like, no, that was your fault. Right. And we had a meeting with one of our board guys. He said, hey, so since when are you the moral police? I go, what do you mean? He goes, so that you're deciding that that customer is lying to you. I'm like, well, I'm not. He goes, well, when you decline these type of arguments, he said it's broken. You said it looks like you broke it. Are you trying to say they're liars or are they just lying to you? Is it up to you? So we went to the position of like, now, if you call and say it's your fault, we're sending you a new product anyway. You just have to pay shipping. If it's our fault, we send you the product and we pay shipping. And it's like the only difference is shipping. Is sure. it 25 bucks? Is it 10 bucks? Or is it the whole new door yeah. that costs you 200 bucks? It's like, look, we're going to replace it one way or the other. And if and I have to be forthright, most of these people on, in the world today, as bad as the news makes it sound, they're freaking honest people. They're good yeah. people. And most people don't lie about it. If they come up and say, hey, look, this was damaged. And I didn't notice when it got shipped. And unfortunately for freight carriers, you have to mark damaged or you have to put it on the ticket. Oh, yeah. we'll call within 24 hours. And some people, their house is under construction. The door's three months from being put in. They don't yeah. see it, right? So, well, if it fell on the construction site, so be it. But most of them are like, dude, I think it fell down when it was being moved. Um, now we're in a pickle. Do I have to pay the whole thing? I'm like, nope, we're going to replace that door. Nice. I know it was a $3,000 unit. We're going to do it for free. You just have to pay the shipping. We don't want to sit there and make it so it's a double nice. negative for them. So we step up even if it's your fault, right? And we That's let them awesome. Know. We're warranting it anyway, my man. And I think um, that was a big, hard lesson. And you know what? Fortunately for us, we're running at about a 0.7% callback. Dude, that is yeah. great. I know of kitchen cabinet manufacturers that are celebrating 3%. Right. Well, we were well into fives. When we first yeah. started, there was sure. a lot of problems, lack of clarity, lack of understanding, lack, lack of instructions that were properly done. Um, and now we still have, and this is this is mind-blowing, but we have the exact same amount of customer service reps today as we did when we left fire. Wow. And most of it is because of how clear our instructions and the availability of video response, right? You can look. Yep. We have an opportunity to chat in our in our mm-hmm. website or you can do a video conference call directly FaceTime with one of our reps. But how before cool they that? even get there, you have YouTube. You have a video gallery of instructions on our website. You also have our built app, B-U-I-L-T, built, B-I-L-T, sorry, B-I-L-T yep. app. Yep. Uh, the software that does everybody's using. We were their fourth customer and nice. now everybody has it. So uh, that's an amazing thing. If you're a producer yourself or you're a manufacturer, that built software is something that is a game changer. It answers those questions. It does the warranty response. It does everything, right? So it's been a- it's enabled us to really focus on product and deal with customers that have a problem that can't be resolved 
on the phone. And it's not that we're trying to be cheap on customer service. Keep in mind, one of my board members owns one of the largest call centers in the US. So <laughs> he's not afraid to give me some call center people if I need it. That's but awesome. We're all in-house customer service. They're all located right here in Utah. They, they're all fluent in English. We do have some Spanish speakers as well. Sure. But, uh, ultimately, I think that's another key metric when you're looking at companies like how, how is their data? How is their information? And honestly, how good is the delivery of the product? Does it sound? And yeah. can I do it without having to call? And, and I think we've done a dang good job of improving that experience out of the box. Like, yes, there is some assembly, which is frustrating for everyone. Believe me, I hate it that I just bought, I went down to RC Willie, a big furniture place the other day, mm-hmm. paid 400 and I guess that's irrelevant, but some, I thought expensive money for a kitchen chairs and you buy 10 yeah. of them. And guess how they came? Broken down. Unassembled. I'm yep. like, wait a second. I did not go to Amazon for this. I went to RC Billy <laughs> exactly. and I chose some of your nicest kitchen chairs. And you, not that they're the most expensive, but some of their nicer ones yeah. in the set. And they came unassembled? Are you freaking now, kidding me? <laughs> now I'm taking that short little hex wrench and putting stuff together. Yep. And I'm you're sitting on the screens. floor. Yeah. Yep. And we don't use cheap screws because you know why? That is my pet peeve <laughs> that they break the head off and I didn't even put any tension on it yep. or they strip before you put any tension on it. Like when it comes to putting our stuff together, that hardware is one of those things that I test. Like how bad is this going to strip? Is where is this made? Like yep. it needs to be solid and I don't want to have a stripped out head if they have to take it back out again. Because the nice thing <sighs> with the Murphy door, even better, when you move, you can take it with you. All Dude. of our doors are delivered to where they're universal, in-swing, out-swing, left mm-hmm. or right hinged. So if you go take it to a different house, put it in another door, but it needs to be an in-swing and it was an out-swing, no problem. Change the hinge position. Already templated in the door. Oh, you want Dude. it to be on the right hinge instead of a left hinge? That's okay. Flip it to the template on the other side of the door. You're good to go. So we've tried to think of what is it that customers have. If you're going to invest, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars on a door, our average ticket right now, Eric, is seventeen eighty. So if you're going to invest yes. seventeen hundred and eighty bucks, then you're going to want more than likely to take it with you unless you're using it as a selling point. Yeah. Well, if we don't make it simple for you to take out with you, then it's even more frustrating. If it's a one time, leave it forever. Um, it's less desirable than if you could buy another $50 note brand door and stick it in the hole and take your Murphy door with you if you haven't been yeah. recognized for it. So yeah. anyway, that was one of those things that I think is a contractor. And I know that you've been here. You get into the house and you, you order your door package that looked great on plans. And you're like, dang it, the switch is on the wrong wall. Or <laughs> that should have been a right hand. Well, now in the past, you're having to order a new door, right? Yeah, well, Caroline, you know, my co-host was just talking about last week. She just had to sit there. She ordered a, it was an Anderson slider door. And the people were putting it in. She didn't open the box up when it showed up. They put the slider in. She gets home and goes, huh, that's going the wrong way. Uh, And it's already installed. Done. 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 You're stuck. Stuck. And the nice thing with us, that would be a quick, we have a quick removable top hinge pin. Yep. And by the way, this has been a complaint being open. We had a plastic pin removal tool and the okay. tab would break off. So you'd just take it up, twist and pull down on the tab. And this, the top hinge pin comes out. Well, the little okay. tab was breaking off the plastic pin. So now they're all aluminum. So we've, nice. we've upgraded them all to machined aluminum. They're just a quick key. You pull the pin out, you lift the door off the bottom hinge, right? Now you have the door out. 
it's it's truly a five minute process at the most taking yeah. these doors out of the hole and then you take it reverse the hinge pin on the top of the door and the top of the jam in the template and now you can swing the other way in swing nice. out swing, it doesn't matter that's awesome well i can't be i can't miss the one thing that you have on your website that uh you've got as well murphy ladder yes so that's Let's talk a, about that, that for a, a minute. little baby so one thing I can say is in the fire industry, there's a lot of uses for ladders. As you can sure. as you know, they used to call them laddermen, right? Mm-hmm. So now what we found in the ladder world is that they had a thing called an attic ladder. And an attic ladder is a ladder that the rungs fold into themselves, right? Instead yep. of folding in half, it becomes a long stick or they'd call them a mm-hmm. stick ladder. Yep. Well, they're really, really convenient and they're good to go in a house, except for when you run into a hallway or a corner or when you're trying to go up a tight set of stairs. When you have a 14 foot long stick, you can't always get those in the places you need. And yeah. so as a, as a bunch of fire guys that work here, I mean, we're sitting with several that work here, either part time or full time now. We're like, these would be cool, but we just need to hinge them in the middle. And now you don't only have a six foot or we have a five. Well, we have a seven foot ladder, which folds down to like 42 inches when it's up. And then we have a nine foot ladder and 11 foot ladder. They're all 375 pound rated, but they compact up into like a seven by seven cube. Right. So here's a really cool story. When we came up with the design, we, we kind of 3d printed a bunch of stuff and then we put it on some rungs and we made it here. We're like, Holy crap, it works. This thing works. I can't believe it worked. Right. We did a whole (laughs) bunch of things. Like that was just a brain fart, but why didn't they do this in the past? And by the way, we just were issued our patents today. Dude, congrats today. So kind of funny that you asked the email before I came in here and said, Hey, congratulations, your patent's been issued. So when we have several around this ladder, but what's neat about this ladder is not only does it fold long ways into itself, but it Mm -hmm. also folds in half into itself, right? So you've got this little square, it hangs on the wall, but it's also controlled by a single hand lever on the side to be able to, to you want to collapse isn't the right word, but to fold the ladder into yeah. itself. We made it so a gloved hand can fit. You just lift up on the handle and it folds into itself. It's got a little locking pin and it has carry handles. So now it'll fit in the Tesla and you can have a freaking, you know, a 10 foot open ladder when it's yeah. out inside the back of your little economy car. So and, every salesperson out there that's selling roofing gutters, insurance adjusters, everybody else should have one of these things in their vehicle because they're not having to run around with a a big extension ladder on the top of their car. Yep, exactly. You know who our biggest clientele right now, ironically enough, truckers have been a huge, huge truck drivers, RVers this summer have just been crazy, right? Because they fit beautifully on an RV instead of these giant ladders they have on the back Mm -hmm. um, that they're carrying around. termite pest control oh they've yeah. been ordering these things by the pallet i'm like what in the world are termite pest controls doing ordering these and then home inspectors yep. right because they usually run around their little pickup trucks that are nice and home inspectors i'm like look at this marketplace that wasn't even in our math initially our goal was like hey these are perfect for multi-housing high-rise buildings in new york city and chicago for people sure. that are having to go put the ladder. These fit under the bed. They can fit in your closet. They can fit wherever you want. Um, But that was another idea. So that just kind of tells you how my ADD runs while we go with the door and then we invented this ladder. But (laughs) the neat side about it is from 3D printed model to -hmm. present to Home Depot to in-store full rollout was about nine months. Dude. In every store in Home Depot. Now, 
there's also with the good there comes bad, right? Most that's of the time. crazy time. When we launched was the announcement of COVID. Yep. In store. So what we Home Depot did an amazing rollout. They put them in every single store in the nation. And yep. then not only did they put them, they went in 1,100 bays and 2,000 stores, some uh, the other 900 with cubes. So the 30 unit packs mm-hmm. that sat by the register. But what couldn't you have in the aisles during COVID? <laughs> Special buys. Yep. Right? So now we stuck all the ladders out of the way or up in the racks. They had to keep aisles open so people could keep their social distance. Distance, yep. So my gosh. And then we got stuck with the shipping problems. We got stuck with tariffs. Oh, yeah. We got stuck with tariffs were right before COVID. Yep. And then we had COVID. And then we had shipping cri- increases, aluminum double. So this is all in the first year. And we did yeah. 15, 15 million first year in Right. In ladders. And then after that, with all the price hikes and all the shipping and all the difficulty, we had to make the tough decision to say, look, Home Depot didn't they wouldn't grant us the price increase. Yeah. They wouldn't give us they're like, hey, Warner's not moving. Um, We're not just the justification department's declining your price raise. Well, so when we finally said, hey, look, we can't do this anymore. We were losing about on average 30 bucks a ladder. Yeah. Well, you can't sell a hundred thousand ladders at a negative 30 bucks. That's what I was just going to say is that that's the bad part of the $15 million mark is that if you're losing in one place that extrapolates out really quickly, really fast. And by the way, that's $30 on cog. Yeah. That's landed, not including insurance on a ladder company. Mm -hmm. That's $1,100 a day, $400,000 a year, just in insurance. That's liability alone. Plus all the other costs, digital marketing, employees, warehousing, freight, trucking, internal, you know, intercontinental. Like, so we just said, look, I mean, not to put the poo-poo to the story, but we said, Hey, we've got to pull this back. We're going to control some price increases. We want to, we want to not be too far out of line. And so that's been a little bit right now we're selling, you can get it at camper world. You can get it at murphyladder.com. You can get it on yep. murphydoor.com. So they're not available in store. They're still available on home depot.com. But uh, ultimately you just gotta, you just gotta take it in, in stride and we'll push that back out. Now that we're seeing some, some relief in freight, now that we're seeing some aluminum correction. And I yep. believe next F is potentially a tariff reduction and then yep. we can be back in play. But I, you know, as an owner, you have to make the tough decision, even though you're seeing a top line of 15 million bucks in revenue, it, it doesn't. Yeah, but when you see 15 million in revenue and all of a sudden you're going, wow, I got 14, five and hard costs <laughs> just right out the door it's like wait a minute i wish that was the hard cost it was more like 17 five and i know cost. it i know it. i was trying to be nice to you so. <laughs> yeah, no i'm still crying over that so let's yeah. go yep so, absolutely but that well, was a your, fun, fun run that sounds like that's a fun run and there's a, a big future for that because i think there's just a huge demand for that product because nobody else has it well and you think about our houses right everybody and that's where all of our products, you take Murphy door for one. What does it do? Everybody's needing to, they want to downsize houses. You can't, you don't get them as built as big as you used to, which means we have to be smarter on space and smarter mm-hmm. on storage and smarter on function. And then the beds, the same thing. You can create a multi-use room where the bed goes away and it looks like a desk. You can use it as a desk. We have fold out desk options. You've got side cabinets. You can do whatever mm-hmm. you want, have a bedroom, have your dresser door in the door. We have a full operational dresser that operates like a door. Right. Yep. You can take that. And then also you have a ladder component that doesn't take half your garage to park it in. Right. It can hang in your cupboard. So the things that we're focused on here as a company and the future products that are coming out now 
is truly stuff that is going to make your house easier to use, smarter to use, more functional, as well as take less space, deliver the exact same or better experience with less of a footprint and demand on the size of the house that you need. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, thanks for coming on today, man. What's the best way for people to find you? Oh, absolutely. www.murphydoor.com for our doors and our beds, right? They're both inside that. And then the ladders would be the same, murphyladder.com. As far as me, you can always reach out and however you want to reach out, right? Exactly. So that's that's the that's the deal. So reach in directly. We'd love to visit and talk. So and you have a podcast or a video cast too as well. Let's talk about that for just a quick second before Absolutely. We jump I'd love to if you give me the opportunity. It's called 90 Proof Wisdom. And mm-hmm. not that we have any. We went with 90 proof because it's not a hundred proof. It's not a hundred percent right. We had to make up a little bit. Some of the stories get kind of exaggerated. Most of the people we've been working with are founders in business for one that have got, that can share the struggle. Like we had hydro jug in here the other day. Um, he got number four, uh, fastest growing company in the state. He's number wow. 33 Inc. 5,000 good kid, 30 years old. And this tells you how wrong I am a lot. I told him that idea was an extremely stupid idea when he brought it to me. His dad was the, my captain. And I go, Hayden, that is dumb. Like, I don't know why you want to compete against that. I was completely wrong. They're blowing it up. He's under 30, amazing kid. Uh, but we've, a lot of the stuff that I've tried to focus on lately is kind of tribal inside my group, dealing with PTSD, substance abuse, and, and in the fire law enforcement and military careers and what they're doing mm-hmm. next and how they've gotten through those, those problems and showing people there is a pathway to success through your difficult times. And, and as I think that's a hard lesson to learn, especially you, as you see some of the trauma that we see and everybody has it, it doesn't matter if you're in law enforcement or not, we have trauma as humans, right? But absolutely the lesson of understanding the fall is, and how difficult to climb back is, is where we truly build just like building muscles, breaking them down is where they get the build out. It's just hard to recognize we're in the middle of the the massive. But when you get to the other side, and I'm sure you've been here because anybody that's tried anything in their life has, we're like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And then all of a sudden you're looking back. I'm like, dude, I did it. And we got through it and I'm a happier, better person. And those mistakes that I made before, I know how not to make those same ones. I'll make more and hopefully I do (laughs) soon. Um, I tell my guys here, fell fast and fell frequent right? Yep. Make sure you do it every day. Find where you lost every day. Recognize it. So if you're not waiting till the end of the year to fail, because that cliff is huge. If you're only falling eight inches a day, it doesn't hurt near as bad if you don't recognize what you're missing. Amen, brother. So that's just kind of what we talk about it, you know, and that's our, that's our share. We need to get you on there. Again, we'll it was 90 it. proof wisdom is where it is. And you can find it anywhere you, you listen to podcasts. All right, brother. Jeremy Barker, thanks for coming on today. MurphyDoor.com. Appreciate it, man. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. You have a wonderful day. Thanks, man. I'm Eric G. And for Caroline B., you've been listening to Around the House. Anyway, I'll be on the meet. Love is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my hand. I know where to go. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, 
It realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.